Attention, all curious minds, innovators, and trendsetters. It's time to pause, lean in, and get ready for an extraordinary journey as we dive deep into the fascinating realms of life, technology, entertainment, and business. Let's explore, learn, and grow together. Brace yourselves for the next thrilling episodes of Hit Their Talks is about to take off. Counting down from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one and here we go hi everyone zoltan here we're back again this week and this time we're talking about events and especially uh since i have a special guest here uh garrett langley uh ceo at pink hi garrett it's nice to meet you hi zoltan pleasure to be pleasure. here all right so before we dive into the questions as we usually do we like to hear what our guest has to talk and especially we want to hear about your background so Garrett give us a walkthrough okay so I'm the CEO of Ping and one of the co-founders and we make games for crowds so imagine 50,000 people in a stadium in a sports stadium or a live music event all playing a game on the big screen using their phone as a controller and that's what we do all right. That creates new um, advertising opportunities for brands and sponsors and uh, and fan engagement, which is at the heart of what we do. All right. So you have been always involved in the game, in the events? Uh... No. So our background, um, my background is the same as my co-founders. So we uh, originally were all from a digital agency background. And between us, we've all co-founded three different digital agencies oh, okay. in, in Manchester. Um, and we won lots of awards for all of the wonderful work we did. Um, we made things like hyper casual games. We did lots of work in uh, the museum space. So mixing that real world and digital together. Um, and uh, the agency that I co-founded, we did a lot of work with broadcasters. We made games for the BBC, made games for Channel 4 and where we were really interested was in uh, is making mass participation TV game shows. And um, we were involved in about two or three pilots with UK broadcasters about how can you make that participation for hundreds of thousands of people at home meaningful? How can you get beyond voting to do something that actually means something to the people that are watching and taking part in that TV show? So that was my background. Um, and then about uh, in 2019, we had an opportunity. So Ping was a, a side hustle for Adam and Ed's agency. And they had uh, these beautiful 30-player games that take place on the big screen. So you can steer a buggy up the screen using your phone as a controller all through the browser. Really, really, really good fun. And there was an opportunity with um, Manchester City Football Club on a project called the Man City Startup Challenge, where they were looking to work with companies like us to do new innovative things. And they essentially came to us and said, we love your 30 player games. Can you do one for 55,000? So our reaction, if you can imagine our brains are bouncing in different directions. And, and on the one hand, it was like, whoa, how's that going to work? And how's that going to work in a stadium? What's the internet connectivity like? How is it going to work from a gameplay point of view of making something that's meaningful? And then the other part of our brain was, this is fantastic. This is really exciting. And that was the light bulb moment for us, really, was although Man City were coming at it from a fan engagement perspective, we were thinking about it from the marketing opportunities and the branding, the sponsorship opportunities. And we, we sort of asked the question, how much do brands currently pay 
for a TV commercial that's happening at half time that nobody's watching. And we said, we don't know. We don't know. Is it a thousand pounds? Is it 10,000 pounds? Is it part of a bigger package? We don't know how much they pay, but how much would they pay for something that engages 10,000 people, takes the brand off the big screen and puts it into their hand and then might have another 10 or 20,000 people cheering along. And we said, we don't know, but whatever they pay for a TV commercial that nobody's watching, they are going to pay at least the same, if not more, for something that's that's hugely yeah. engaging. So, um, so where we are now is that we believe that this is the future of fan engagement, and uh, the future of fan engagement and brand activation has to be mass participation. So, by 2030, fans at every great event on earth, from the Super Bowl to a Beyonce World Tour, will be taking part in huge digital activations with everybody else in the arena around them. Fans at home will be taking part too, and brands will be using these channels to directly communicate with uh, with these fans um, at home and all over the world. Um, so essentially, that's that's what we do now is these games for 50,000 people and another 50,000 to 100,000 at home. Yeah. So, yeah, I've read and, and, and I'm really excited to have you because Pink has been at the forefront and of mass participation in digital activation in sports and live events. So can you share with us the journey of Pink and, and how you managed to carve out such a unique space in the fan engagement? Because it's very unique. Yeah, so the 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 opportunity happened at sort of the end of 2019, and that's with the, the yeah, Mad yeah. City project. And the, it was to the beginning of 2020 that we decided this is what we're doing. That was the pivot. That was the change. And we all came together to to form the business as it now stands. Um, and obviously, 2020 was a challenging year for everybody. Yeah. Um, but for a company that make games for crowds. Uh, it was difficult during a two-year period when crowds were illegal everywhere on the planet. So we had to do a pivot like everybody else. And what we changed, where, where we started was um, was this, our, our core was around bringing people together in this shared experience. And we used to have a lot of clients that would say, this is really good fun. Is there any way we can have people from afar joining in? And we're like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's all about people being in the same room. Yeah. And then suddenly when that couldn't happen, we're like, oh, Maybe yeah. our clients have got a point. Maybe actually <laughs> it's, it's quite useful having people joining in. So we um, we we took that as an opportunity. We were due to go live with, with Man City as part of that pilot on the 14th of March, 2020. And then on Friday, the 13th of March, 2020, everything got closed down. So that didn't happen. It took place about a year and a half later, that pilot. Um, so we got together on the Monday morning after that and said, right, this is an opportunity for us to build a brand new platform from the ground up that can scale to hundreds of thousands of people that we can deploy very quickly. We can have several of these games happening at the same time in different places around the world. We knew that it would need to be a hybrid product. So something that could work for remote fans today, yep. but then work for fans in the, in the stadium in the future. And so our first product on this new platform was our interactive game show product that we call Quiz, Quiz with two eyes because we're ping with two eyes. Um, So that uh, was a a really nice product that had took place during lockdown. And it was lovely seeing 
that journey going from lockdown product to uh, back into the real world. And now we do hybrid as well with fans around the world taking place, taking part in activations with fans in the, in the stadium. All right. So, so, from, so basically from the British Grand Prix to EuroLeague basketball finals, Pink's presence is felt everywhere in all range of sports events. And, and what are some of the unique challenges you guys and, and opportunities you are dealing with in, when dealing with different sports, fan bases, and maybe also adding the culture uh, part? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a journey that we have been on learning those differences um, and uh, and we'll continue to learn as well. Um, every sport is different. Every fan base is different. Um, and so in a way, working in football or, or soccer has been one of the hardest ones in hindsight, one of the hardest ones to start with, but that's where we started. So that's, that's uh, all we knew. Um, but it, with football, we've got pre-match and you've got half time and that's it. So only two windows to play our game. In some uh, football clubs that there is in the UK, uh, there are big traditions that everybody goes to the pub and then they race in at the last minute. So there's no pre-match. They're they're running through the door just as the whistle is going to start off. Um, And then at half time, you'll have some people in the seats and some people getting up. And there's also all of these other messages that need to happen. So uh, so that can be a challenge. Um, And and then also those fan bases are different in different countries as well. So a, a UK football fan will be very different to a, a US soccer, soccer fan. Um, but if we can make our games work in football in the UK, we can make them work anywhere. And we can. So that's a good sign. But we've um, but thinking we've been in basketball, we've been in baseball. Um, uh, so in basketball, you've, you've got again, you've got those two windows. Yep. It works. We have very high participation rates in basketball. I think the fact that you've got everybody in a in a smaller environment, yeah. it's easier to get that focus of everybody looking at the court right now. So we've done some really nice work with Telefonica in um, in Barcelona and Madrid, um, uh, which has gone really really well with them. We've been working with baseball. How many breaks are there in baseball? About 16 breaks, I yeah, think. Yeah, in total. yeah 16. Yeah. Um, and, but all of those breaks are very short. Um, and we're doing some work in cricket at the moment. So every sport is different. And it's about having a product that's incredibly versatile is, is the key to it so that it can be used. One of our games, Penalty Shootouts, a 55,000 player penalty game um, that's gone live at Ajax. That's been designed to be a four minute game to get everybody in and out in four minutes. Our game show product can last as long as you want. So we've recently um, done some really nice work with Adidas at the Women's World Cup. And some of those quizzes were two minutes long inside the stadium. And so two minutes or less to get out your phone, scan the QR code and join in. Um, Ideally you would have more than that, but it works even at that scale. So it's great. Budgets, of course, is something else that's very different. Yeah. And so even in the Premier League in football in the UK, there's a big difference between the top of the league and the bottom of the league. Um, yeah. And then different sports have different budgets as well. So it's always a challenge. But I think being versatile is the is the key. Having a product that is flexible and can fit into whatever shape it needs. All right. Are you also working with sports betting operators or... We haven't done as yet. No, we haven't worked with betting companies yet. Um, because they are trying to work this thing out. 
Yeah, so it's it's a difficult area because um, yeah. obviously you need to be very careful about what you're doing. And, yeah, regulation, compliance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, a large part of what we're trying to do is get everybody in the stadium playing. Um, so it, it's, it would be an interesting area to to look at. Yeah, uh, but it needs to be done very carefully. It's crazy because we were doing these virtual meetups for the gaming industry for quite a while now. And this is something that comes up every time, this fan engagement. Yeah during the match for the sports betting industry and, and in, in the US it's going to be huge. Yeah. So so I don't know if this is official with the breaking of the uh, Guinness World Record. Yes, absolutely. All right. So you guys <laughs> broke it twice for, we, in we, one year for the largest quiz. That's right. Yeah. So wow. we um in November 2022 we broke the Guinness World Record for the world's largest online quiz with Auto Trader in the UK um a huge uh, car retailer yeah and we know them <laughs> you know them well and yeah. so so Auto Trader we've been working with Auto Trader uh, all through lockdown every christmas uh, we did a or they ran using our quiz product they ran uh, a quiz for their staff and it was their christmas quiz and it was beautiful um with the senior leadership team asking questions and it was great and they did it in 2020 21 22 and then and we we basically said to them right let's let's talk with your marketing team and after a couple of conversations they came up with this great idea of we want to break the Guinness World Record for the world's largest quiz. We want to give away an electric car as oh, wow. a prize, and um, and it just grew from there. So it was it was an amazing uh, project, um, and they the team were brilliant to work with. They had um, two presenters: Simon, who does some actually does a lot of uh, hosting of basketball games at Euroleague Basketball, who's another one of our clients. And um, and then Rory Reed, who is a TV presenter and makes a lot of their uh, YouTube content. So they were our hosts. They gave they had um, about a hundred thousand pounds worth of prizes. There were two electric cars, electric toothbrushes, electric blankets, electric everything, uh, electric bikes, electric motorbikes. And so what they did every sort of ten questions, they would give away a bunch wow. of prizes. Um, so if you were in first place, you got an electric bike if you were in a hundredth place a thousandth place um five thousandth place you would get these prizes so it, it was beautiful that even if uh there was one point um one of the presenters said what of the what of the quiz or game show can you take part in where you come ten thousandth and you've still won an electric exactly. bicycle? yeah so it was, it was a beautiful beautiful project um and so at the end they gave away two electric cars as i say and one broke the Guinness World Record. So we doubled the record, the previous record. Uh, there's very stringent rules on the Guinness World Record. It has to last for an hour. It has to be the number of people that answer every single question all the way through the hour. Oh, and that wow. is a challenge. That is yeah. difficult. Um, but we we broke that and it was great. Everybody was was happy, especially the, the people that won the cars and the electric toothbrushes and everything else. Um, and then about three months later, we had uh, a, an agency in Slovenia get in touch with us and they had been working on a project. They also were looking to break the Guinness World Record for the world's largest online quiz. <laughs> and they'd seen what we had done and they were like, oh, no, they've just broken the world record. It's just gone up. But um, but they'd had a few technical difficulties uh, from what we understand. And they had about in three weeks time, they had 20,000 school children from all over Slovenia due to turn up to play an online quiz. 
um, all around online safety, working with A1, the telecoms company, and they needed a platform quickly that could deliver that. And you know that that's what we do. That's what we do. So it, <laughs> it takes us ten minutes to to get something spun up. And uh, so we had the conversation on the Thursday. We set them up with something on the Friday. The Monday we went and changed it all into Slovenian for them, and it was all ready. It was great. So uh, so they had twenty thousand children turned up um, to play this quiz. And they doubled the world record again with the number of people that answered every single question. So it was a great success. All right. So, so have you guys uh, learned from these experiences? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of learnings. I think one of the big things is that rewards, prizes help bring people there in the first place, but they're not the most important thing. Um, the most important thing is actually having an engaging show, okay. having a great, um, just having this experience that that yeah. is fun and engaging for everybody. That is the most important thing. That's why people stay, because the chances of winning the car are very, very small. Um, but only one person, or in that case, two people can win the car. What about the other sort of 16,000 people that are joining in? What can they win? Um, or what? why should they stay? And so it's about making that a really good, fun, engaging thing to do. Yeah. And we find that with lots of other uh, quizzes and game shows that we do with different clients. Um, we had uh, we had one where a prize, a runner-up prize, was a little uh, poo emoji trophy, <laughs> and fifty percent of the audience shared their details for the chance to win a, a poo emoji. So you, the prizes don't need to be as big as cars; it just needs to be something that is hugely engaging, just fun. And our product is essentially a vehicle for for people. It's it's a prop for people to just create their own gorgeous content that makes people laugh and smile. Yeah. So since you mentioned this, fifty percent of players sharing their uh, personal data, I want to touch base on that. The data privacy, as data collection, seems to be another aspect where you guys are excelling. And and uh, this fifty percent is a lot. Uh, we know about <laughs> such things, and it's a lot. So how does Ping balance the fine line between fan engagement and data collection, especially in this era where there's increasingly concerns? about that data privacy it's really easy for us uh, it, okay. our, our core our core value is focus on the fan okay. uh, and we just focus on the fan if the, the way that um other companies do things that are doing data collection it's usually about data collection first they say how can we collect yeah, data exactly and that's where they that's their starting position we want to collect data okay we'll get people to scan in a qr code they can put in their details and somebody might win a prize and everybody feels sad at the end of that you know you we've all done it and we go oh and, it, and it's yeah, not exactly, a nice exactly, experience yeah. everyone feels a little bit robbed and stolen yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. sad at the end of that experience you might do it once you might do it twice but you won't do it a third time we do it completely the other way around so we start off with how can we make people have a great time how can we make this fun how can we make it engaging and um if you think about it you know, advertising works best with the consent of the audience. So if you think back to the wonderful days of the advertising industry in the 1980s and 1990s, 
those very best TV commercials and uh, billboard ads and uh, and print ads, the very best ones didn't work by how can we steal your data? You know, it, it exactly, wasn't yeah. about yeah, that. Yeah. It was about giving you something. It was about putting a smile on your face, making you feel happy, making you laugh. That was how those advertising works. And we do things exactly the same way is we, we just start off with how can we make this the best moment in the downtime during the event that you're at. Hopefully the sports will be the very best moment and we are hopefully the second best right behind that of creating those those wow moments. So when we're making new games, um, we, we think about where are those wow moments? Where are those ping moments uh, that will make the crowd cheer and laugh and smile? And uh, And every one of our games has its own sound profile from the audience so you could put me in a room where there's one of our games playing and i could tell you which game is being played by the sounds that the audience are making the cheers and the oohs and the ahs um so that that's what we do is we we start off by making those magical experiences for fans and then off the back of that at the end of a game we might say do you want to put in your details do you want to you don't have to you can do if you want to. And we that's why we get these very, very high response rates of um, was looking at some data yesterday, had over 61 percent of fans opting into marketing um, for a, a project in, in cricket. And so it's fantastic. And so, you know, if you think about it, when was the last time you heard 50,000 fans cheer at a TV commercial in a yeah, stadium? Exactly. exactly. It, it doesn't happen. But we've got a product that can literally make the audience Shout and cheer! All right. So, you, you, in 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 our first part, you mentioned that by 2030, there's uh, mass particip- participation and digital activation will be out there. So, what do you think will be the key driving factor for this trend, and and how is Pink preparing for that future? So, there's probably four main areas really i mean smartphones they're ubiqu- ubiquitous everyone has a smartphone so that's done um big screens every stadium nearly every stadium has a big screen some of our products don't even need a big screen so that that's done the next one is stadium connectivity and being yeah. able to get a good phone signal that's when we started growing. Yeah. growing exactly so that's a in some countries that's a problem that is solved in um in other countries it's a problem that is disappearing very quickly so we've found in the last three years um three years ago the first question everybody would ask from clients um through to uh, people like yourself is what about the stadium connectivity these days it's about one in ten people ask that question now because it is disappearing um and that's a problem that will be solved and uh, um, won't be a problem in the next few years um so the the next one really is around customer adoption so at the moment the clients that we work with and we work with rights holders we work with agencies and we work with brands and the people that we're working with are those companies that are innovators and they are looking for new exciting products that can help them deliver their objectives whether that is about purely fan engagement or about data collection or whatever it is that they're looking to do or or their brand engagement how can they do that at a better level so we're working with those companies that are the innovators um what will happen behind that is that the more of what we do um and people like us do it will become more normal to be doing this. So there will be, uh, we'll go from those innovators 
through to the the mainstream clients behind that are following that saying we need to do that too i think that will be the biggest change will be yeah. when it becomes normal all right so i'm not going to leave this to our part when i press the button to stop recording i will share this with the audience this is season two for our podcast and i this is the best time i had during a podcast recording so garrett is a great guy and <laughs> passionate about what he does so i i'm sharing this as a uh, to our audience so my final question to you is like can you give our listeners a sneak peek into what's uh, coming up next for ping and maybe some upcoming partnerships uh, new game concepts maybe global expansions yes so we we have global ambitions we already can we consider ourselves as a global company where we still consider ourselves a startup um but we're a global company we're working in the united states this year we've been in the united states we've been in uh australia and new zealand the uk europe everywhere um what's coming up is we are working on our version three of our platform and that will allow us to make new games more quickly that's the oh, okay. key goal here so we have as you can imagine as games creators as creatives we have a hundred ideas of things we want to do but and there's a small amount of time yeah <laughs> there's, yeah there's not enough time there's not enough money so we need to be able to make our suite of tools that allow us to make products uh, much more quickly what's coming up we've got some really interesting partnerships that are happening now um we're working with the crickets right holder about a partnership um we've just signed a partnership with the tampa bay rowdies uh, soccer team in the united states um we should be in the nfl in germany and possibly the uk in november um we're working on the version three of our platform which will allow us to make new games much more quickly and much more easily so we've got lots and lots of things that are coming up and um this is just really exciting you know we consider ourselves a global company we're already working all over the globe and uh we we really want to do more of that uh the two key markets that we want to do more of is in india um and oh. that's why we're looking at cricket is a really exciting sport for us to get into india and then also the united states is is obviously the key market there's uh 73 000 commercial breaks in the top tier sports in north america alone so there's a massive opportunity to change how fans engage with brands um in those sports um so yeah so that's what we're up to taking over the world making the world more fun one game at a time and that's how we end this on a high note and thank you so much for your time garrett and thank you for our listeners for tuning in make sure to subscribe we will see you back here next week garrett once again thank you so much thank you zoltan pleasure to be here Thanks so much. And that's a wrap for this section of Hit Their Talks. Thank you for being a part of our journey today. Don't forget to tune in next week for more insights and discussions. Stay connected with us on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and more. Until then, keep exploring and keep growing. We'll see you next time.